Guardians. My name is Doug Ray. And as always, I want to start out by saying thank you very much, giving a big uh, salute to all of our veterans who are serving in the armed forces. We really appreciate the sacrifices you go through. You know, a few weeks ago, I was talking with a, a client, and he asked me point blank, he says, are you getting soft in your old age? And I said, what? Me? Soft? What are you talking about? He goes, well, you know, it's been a long time since you've had one of your epic rants on the radio about what's wrong with the world, what's wrong with the economy, what's wrong with government, what's wrong with politics. And, you know, I got to thinking about that. He's right. You know, years ago when we came on the air, I named this program the Wealth Guardians for a reason. Because I wanted to make sure that I was getting information out to you that you could possibly use to protect yourself against, you know, coming markets ups and downs. But since this show first aired back in 2007, what we've seen happen is just, in my opinion, unbelievable and unprecedented. I have been warning you ever since I realized that TARP was not going to turn into shovel-ready jobs, that this thing was going to implode. The biggest surprise I've had over the years is the fact that it's been years. They've been able to levitate this thing and keep it going uh, for all this time. But I believe we are very, very close to what I think is going to be a major financial market downturn worse than 07 and 08. Now, you say, how in the world can that be? Well, today's show, what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to show you, I'm trying to outline, I'm going to try to put this on a plate for you to see everything, line it up. You know, this stuff is not easy to digest, but I think if we can get it all out on the table, lined up so that you can see every piece of it, I think the puzzle will start to, to come into play for you. So if you can, get out a pen and a paper, and I want you to write down as I go through everything that I'm seeing, I want you to write down the numbers. I want you to write down what I'm talking about. And if you're listening to this program, if you're driving, I know you can't write anything down. Here's what you, anybody, I want you guys to have this information. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to email me. You can email me through the website at uh, thewealthguardians.com or just go direct to Doug at thewealthguardians.com. Email me, and I will actually send you my show notes today so you can have everything in black and white. So <clears throat> let's talk about this recovery, the so-called recovery we've, we've had. It's been just completely anemic. Uh, we haven't had uh, in, in uh, this particular cycle one single year where we've had 3% GDP growth rate. In fact, it's been um, – mostly in the ones, sometimes one and a half. I think this last one when they reported 0.8. Uh, and here's some more economic facts. In light of that, here's what's done. You know, the world back in 2009, when we bottomed out and started recovery, had $137 trillion in debt. And in order to keep that fake economy of the world going, the world's government, not just ours, Every central bank in the world has increased that debt by $90 trillion to $230 trillion. One more seven-year period like that, and we're going to be over $300 trillion. Now, put that in perspective. The entire 
gross domestic product of the whole world is only $70 trillion a year. So let me ask you this. How in the world will we service all that debt? And especially if interest rates go up. Look, I'm going to be candid with you. We won't. We're going to see economic circumstances equal to or worse than, than 2007 and 2008. Well, you want some proof? We have created one of the most enormous debt bubbles in the history of the world. This has been the biggest financial experiment known to man ever. China, they've heavily financed their real estate bubble. Listen to this, folks. You're not going to believe this. They've built 71 1 million person cities, cities the size of Charlotte and larger, that nobody lives in. 71. Do you hear that on on your news channels? I haven't. I first told you about this maybe six years ago, seven years ago, when I saw an episode on CBS's 60 Minutes. They're the only news channel I know of that's ever reported on this. You think that's going to end well? 71 cities that nobody lives in? How does that even happen? All right, let's talk about student loan. Write this stuff down. This is important stuff. Student loan debt is now getting close to $1.4 trillion. Most analysts think that one whole trillion of that is going to default because these kids aren't, they're going to school, they're not coming out with jobs. Somehow or another, we've, we've gotten the notion that everybody needs a college education. Well, everybody doesn't need a college education. You know, some people don't belong in college. Let's just face it. Some kids go there, they get, you know, dollars $200,000 in debt, and they come out with stupid degrees that do nothing for them. Yet we've got jobs going out there, good quality jobs in welding and in plumbing that are going wanting. I mean, those are dollars $80,000 a year jobs. It makes no sense to me. So what's going to happen when that student loan starts to default? All right, let's look at another one. We've got $1.7 trillion of junk bonds that was issued to the oil industry. All that's going to be coming due between this year and 2020. Most of it went into the fracking companies uh, in, in, uh, in our country. And guess what? They can't turn a profit unless oil's over 70 bucks a barrel. How are they going to service that debt? They're not, folks. They're not going to do it. They're going to go broke. Now, why am I telling you this? Because I don't want to see you lose money in the next crash that's coming. Many of you, I see you every day. You come in, you bring me your statements, and you've got things in there called high-yield funds. You have no idea what that is. A high-yield fund is a junk bond, and it's full of this crap. This $1.7 trillion of junk bonds that's going to default. Now, if you just joined us, this is the Wealth Guardian Show, and I'm trying to lay everything out to you on a silver plate today with what's, what's wrong right now. If you've got this gut instinct that things ain't normal, they're not like they used to be, you're right on the money, but you just can't put your finger on it. 
Well, I'm trying to take your finger and put it on it today. In black and white and in numbers, I'm trying to show you what's going on here and why I think our central bankers and our world leaders are leading us into one massive economic collapse. Now, there's a solution and there's a bright side to this. I don't want you to think this is a doom and gloom show. It's not. It sounds like it. It's a warning. But I think on the other side of this is great opportunity. But you've got to get through it first. All right. Let's look at the auto industry. This is interesting. We hear all the time how auto automobiles uh, sales have picked up and doing really well. The auto industry now has over $1 trillion of subprime and super subprime auto loans. What, what does that mean even? Well, that means if, you, if you're somebody, you want to buy a car and you can't afford it, you don't have good credit, they're going to loan the money to you anyway. And to make it fit your budget, hopefully squeeze it in there, they're going to finance it at seven and eight years, but at 10 to 15%. Now, does that make sense? In eight years, that car is not going to be worth two cents. And you've got a 15% loan that you're still paying on? How's that going to work? Folks, it's not going to work. They've also got overcapacity. You don't hear this on the on the news show cycles either. What am I talking about? Overcapacity. There are fields in Detroit where they're storing excess inventory, cars, tons of them. Now, if you want to buy a new car or even a good used car, wait about a year. And you'll be able to get one for probably 50 cents on the dollar or maybe less. Well, right about now, you're probably saying to yourself, if all this is true, then how come the stock market is near all-time highs? Okay, let's talk about that because that is a good question and you make a good point. It's been manipulated this whole time. A recent study showed that the gains in the S&P 500 since 2009 93% of the gain was all done from the Federal Reserve printing money. It's manipulated, people. Here's the other problem. Another 40% of the S&P 500, those gains were where companies were using their minuscule profits but going out and buying or borrowing money on short-term interest, low interest, and buying their company stock back. What that does is as they pull stock in off the market, it tends to increase their earnings per share, which makes their stock artificially inflated. Now, why are the central bankers doing this? They want the perception that all is well out there so that you'll go out and spend money. Now, you just said 93% and 40%, well, that's 133%. What I'm telling you is, without those two things, the S&P 500 since 2009 should be thousands of points lower than it is now. Doggone it, i got to go to a break, and i got a whole lot more. So you stay tuned and come back for the next segment. We'll talk more about what's going on in the economies of the world. This is the Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray here on 94.5 WPTI. The Piedmont's News Talk and Sports Station. Never mind a girl could make me feel 
And you're back. This is the Wealth Guardians with Doug Ray. Today's topic is an epic rant. <laughs> what is going wrong with the world economy? It's not just our economy. It's the world economy. In the first segment, what I did is I tried to outline a bunch of reasons why I think we are on the verge of a financial meltdown. We talked about things like uh, China building 71 cities the size of Charlotte or larger that nobody lives in. We're talking about student loan debt up to $1.4 trillion, and a trillion of it's probably going to default. We're talking about the automakers up in Detroit who have built so many automobiles, even though they're selling them right now, but they've built so many, the overcapacities are storing them in fields near Detroit. We're talking about subprime debt growing much more than what it was back in 2008. I want you to have this information because I want you to try to protect yourself. You say, how do you protect yourself? Well, you know, I could be self-serving at this point and say, come see me, but I'm not going to do that. Here's one easy way to do it. Go to cash. Do it now. Cash is a position. It's not paying you squat. I get that. But you know what? You can't lose 30 or 40 or 50% in cash in the next six months or so. And I think it's, we're that close. I really do. I don't know what the catalyst is going to be. It might be, you know, June 27th, Britain uh, votes to exit the EU. Maybe that's the catalyst. I don't know. Brazil, the, the Olympics are supposed to start in about 60 days. They are in a world of hurt. Venezuela is completely mired in a depression. You know, I still remember the day Hugo Chavez came to the U.N. right after President Bush spoke and talked about him being Satan and he could smell the, the fire and the brimstone. And look at what that bastard did to Venezuela. That's what communism and socialism does for you, folks, pure and simple. All right, let's get back to the point here. I'm outlining for you several things that I see on the horizon that just possibly cannot end in a good way. And I've asked you to take out pen and pencil and write them down so that you have them too, so that you can see them side by side. And also, I realize that uh, most of you may be listening to this broadcast in the car while you're driving. If that's the case, then email me. You can email me at, um, go through my website or just directly at Doug at thewealthguardians.com, and I will gladly email you my show notes today so that you'll have this information, the numbers, black and white, right in front of you. Let's go back to 2007. Let's talk about the uh, unfunded credit default swaps. We had $200 billion of them, and that just about took the entire world economy down. By the way, if you want to really dig into what happened there, a great movie came out just a few weeks ago, a few months ago, actually, called The Big Short. The book is better. I would highly recommend you read the book. It's by Michael Lewis. And um, he he boiled it down, and he outlined it. The movie, I think the actors do a terrific job of kind of getting across the emotion and how close to the brink the world economy was at that time. I'll never forget when the Bush administration was handing the reins over to the Obama administration. We had uh, Hank Paulson, who was the outgoing Treasury Secretary, and Timothy Geithner, the incoming Secretary of Treasury, came out of the meeting, and Paulson's eyes were as big as those deer in the headlight looks. Do you remember that bit? 
He was scared to death, folks. That was pure scare on his face. All right, that was $200 billion of credit default swaps. Now, we have $1.7 trillion of junk bonds that's probably going to default. We have $1 trillion of auto loans that will probably default. We almost have $1.4 trillion of student loans with $1 trillion of that that's probably going to default. That adds up to $4.1 trillion of potential default out there. What do you think is going to happen? You know, that's just in the United States, people. Look, our economy produces about $18 trillion of goods and services, and we're at $19 trillion in debt. Going to be $20 trillion pretty soon. Now, that's, that's double what it was when this administration took over. Now, I'm not going to get into a political rant we got plenty of time left to do that, and I'll do that show for you too. But this is an economic one. Now let's look at China's situation. You know, I, I harp on China a lot because China is a communist country that's been trying to infuse some capitalism in it. But they're very, very close-knit. They're central planners to the, up to the eyeballs. They don't let a lot of true information out. But their economy produces $10 trillion of goods and services and is $40 trillion in debt. They got the biggest debt bubble and housing bubble in the history of the world. You know, I told you in the first segment about those 71 uh, cities the size of Charlotte that they've built over the years that nobody lives there. You know what else they've been doing with those cities? They have been playing what I call a form of Russian roulette with their citizens. It was one of the craziest flipping strategies I've ever seen. They literally bus their citizens into these cities to buy these condos that they've built, and then their citizens are turning around and flipping them to some other poor fool you know, for a big profit. Why is it Russian roulette? Because it's going to end badly, just like it did back in 2007 in this country. You remember what happened when people were flipping houses and so forth? Let's talk about Japan. Japan's never going to recover, people. They're the third largest economy on the planet, and they've experienced a deflation for the last 25 years. They printed one-third of their economy last year out of thin air. They just printed it. Their bank, the Bank of Japan, just printed the money. And this year, their stock market's already starting to experience big losses. South America, they're a mess. I talked about Venezuela a moment ago. Brazil, you know, they're already in the, in the Great Depression, and they just impeached their leader. And yet they're supposed to host the Olympics. And then they've got this Zika virus thing that supposedly we got to deal with. Europe. Let's go to Europe. Europe as a unit, the EU, if you will, is the largest economy on the planet. There's 29 nations with 19 that share the euro as their currency. 19 of those nations are paying negative interest rates. How does that work? Think about it. You take $1,000 to your bank. You buy a CD. You come back in a year and you get $996. What? 
What kind of common sense does that make? What are they doing over there? You know, I said a while ago, Great Britain has a big vote coming up. It's uh, the end of June, I think the 24th, 27th, something like that. Their vote is to get out of the EU. And I believe that very well may happen. And if that happens, I think you're going to see the entire EU collapse. Now, let's take a peel back the covers, if you will, and look at what's going on in Europe right now, what's been happening in the last year or so. And I'm talking about this refugee problem. They've opened up their doors, especially in in France and and in Germany, to let in these so-called refugees. Why? Because they realize they have an older declining population and they need workers to replace what's dying out. But what I think they have missed is probably a modern-day equivalent of a Trojan horse. We've already seen it happen in Paris and in Brussels. It could be, and I pray that I'm wrong about this, that something even worse and more sinister is about to happen in Europe. And that can't be good for their economies. All right, if you just joined us, today's broadcast has been about – I'm trying to outline for you, put, put if you will, put on a on a silver platter uh, all the things that I see that are going wrong in terms of the economics and where it's going to lead us. And um, I want you to, if you're interested in this stuff, if you want to see it in one place, give me an email and I'll send you a copy of today's show notes. I think it's very important that you put all this stuff side by side so that your brain can can grasp what we're talking about here. Because if you take it piece by piece, it just doesn't make sense. But putting it all together is like building a big a big picture puzzle. You can really see it then. Let's bring it back to, to the United States for a minute. Did you know Americans now are spending more on taxes than they do for food, clothing, and shelter combined? And tell me something. Does that sound like a capitalistic system or a socialist economy to you? On top of that, incomes for Americans are lower today than they were in 2000. In fact, they're down around inflation-adjusted to about 1989 levels. Net worth for Americans today are about where they were in 1992, and it's not much higher than it was back in 1983. The Pew Research reports that the median net worth of Americans in 1983 was $77,890. In 1992, it was $82,195. In 2013, it was $82,756. We're not, we're just treading water, folks. You know, we're not going anywhere. And yet, if you listen to the government, if you listen to the talking heads on, on the the stock shows, they'd have you think everything is just hunky-dory, and it's not. So the point of this, I want you to be extremely careful because I think we're, we're within weeks of this whole thing starting to come apart. Look, be safe. The market's still up now. Take your money. Go to cash with a big portion of it. Go into treasury bonds with some of it, but get it out of the stock market. 
You know, Baron Rothschild was once asked how he made his huge fortune, and he said, I always sold a bit early. This is the Wealth Guardians on 94.5 WPTI, the Piedmont's News Talk and Sports Station.